0: Gaudete Sunday.
1: Rejoice in the Lord always. Can you say it again? I say rejoice.
0: (laughs) I say it again. Rejoice. So we're on third Sunday of Advent. Are you going to be wearing uh, rose vestments this Sunday?
1: No, I'm going to be in pink. Ah,
0: good, good. I am (laughs) not. I'll probably just be wearing purple.
1: Uh huh. Or blue. Can you do that?
0: Uh, no. So no, that was
1: just for Sunday.
0: Yeah. In uh, in Spain, you can wear blue for Marian feast days, which is interesting, and which was also did they. They did not. We didn't have blue at the parish, Um, which kind of gets to one of the sticky things about my homily this past weekend is that I I had to preach on the Immaculate Conception. Uh, So (laughs) in the U.S., you had the benefit of the transferred feast. I I mean, it's hard to say if it was a good thing or a bad thing, but I had to preach on the second Sunday of Advent with the Immaculate Conception, which I don't know. It kind of gets to something I wanted to talk to you about in terms of preaching. Um, Uh I don't know about you, man, but I, I just, I'm having a hard time like focusing with some of these Advent Sunday readings on like one thing. Like it's just, there's so many, there's so many different ways to approach these readings. It's hard to like tease out a main idea.
1: This one is kind of given to us. The one for the third Sunday? Yeah. Rejoice. Yeah.
0: Rejoice. I mean, do you you see rejoice in the readings though?
1: Well, so that's the thing. Like it's, we call it. Gaudete Sunday we even wear different vestments mm-hmm. so do we just ignore that?
0: No no um, but <laughs> it's not in the reading so it makes me wonder you know like to what ex- this goes back to our age old question like do you preach on the feast or do you preach on the readings? Right? It's got to be right? a balance of both you know um, yeah sort of know. like I had a hard time with that on Sunday because I was preaching on the Immaculate Conception and it was Advent but my readings were for the Immaculate Conception and I don't know I I struggle with it a little bit.
1: Well, and it's even, I mean, I do struggle with that. And especially, you know, we're not just preaching the feast Mm -hmm. during Advent. Like, this is a whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, as a whole, like, are we preaching Advent during Advent?
0: Right, right.
1: And that's, I mean, a lot, I mean, okay, so most of the readings, pretty much every reading, you can talk about the coming of the Lord and preparing and repentance and all that. Right. Like that's just kind of the narrative of, of what we've got in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, yeah, how do you, how do you, yeah, how do you navigate the particularities of particular readings? Right. With, yeah. You know, and then like we've mentioned before, my parish has an Advent theme,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and so that's another layer of, well, how do I, how do I do that?
0: Sure, sure.
1: With the season, with the readings, with, you know
0: So my all my, these other things. So my suggestion, I think, which might be helpful for me, and I was thinking about this just sort of generally for my preparation, is I think a good like writing a good essay and preaching a good homily are very similar in that it's an exercise in focus. And I think bad preaching is when it's all over the place. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. There's no focus. And I have struggled in the past couple of weeks with my focus and being able to focus in on one topic over and against others. And so it makes me wonder if like, okay, I probably should start preparing my homilies earlier than I have been. Like I've been spending this conversation with you on on Mondays, but then not really touching them again until the weekend. And it's like, well, maybe I should spend more time throughout the week. (laughs) actually actually preparing because then i can Mm -hmm. start to hone in on a topic because the topics start to really like scatter out you know
1: yeah absolutely and once you sit with it for a while you start to see if there are themes that run through these other things that you wanted to focus on but they may have might have been too separate um after a while of reflection you can kind of hone it in onto that one thing that's coming right
0: right so, as you sit here with these readings for the third Sunday of Advent, is there anything that you could, like, rate, like z- laser in on that you would say is the focus of this week's readings?
1: Well, I think, I mean, I think James, kind of apropos of what we're talking about, um, it starts off from the beginning. Be patient, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient with it. Yeah. Until yeah. it receives the early and late rains. Like, that's exactly, I think, what we're not really good at doing, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode. Um, but like sometimes we just have to sit and wait, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but
1: not like an idleness. That's not what I'm trying to say.
0: Right. Right.
1: Our, uh, our faith and our prayer isn't idle. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's an active patience. I don't even know if that makes sense, but it sure, seems like.
0: Sure, sure. Well, here, here's another phrase that might be helpful. Expectantly
1: waiting, I think, is another way to,
0: yeah. to put that. Well, another, another phrase from the liturgy itself that might be helpful and it might help fit in with Gaudete Sunday is the, the phrase in between the Our Father and then the, uh, the prayer after the Our Father, the, the doxology. So it's the, uh-huh. we wait in joyful hope for the coming uh-huh. of our Savior. So yeah. that's Advent. It's not just hope. It's not just joy, it's joy and hope together, which, you know, they're both fruits of the spirit and one is a gift of the spirit, one is, you know, so like there's, there's a, a harmony in the two that makes Advent unique in that we celebrate with joy as we wait. Because I, for one, when I have to wait, I'm usually not joyful about it. You know, waiting is something that can be particularly like frustrating, distressing, I feel like I'm wasting time. Yeah. Like how do you experience yeah. joy in the waiting? Like maybe that could be a main idea that gets us going here, you know, like yeah. go ahead. Yeah.
1: Well, and well, and like one of the things that we don't really talk about very often is how, how the liturgy itself speaks to, well, and that could be the way that we get around this whole concern of scripture versus preaching to the feast, because the prayers of the liturgy of this Sunday, in, I mean, they're all great, but in this Sunday in particular, um, the collect says, Oh God, who see how your people faithfully await the feast of the Lord's nativity.
0: Mm, faithfully wait.
1: Faithfully await. Yeah. Enable us, we pray, to attain the joys of so great a salvation mm. and to celebrate them always with solemn worship and glad rejoicing. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, to me, that speaks to me because it's about waiting, but doing so with hope. Right. And that's that means rejoicing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: That the time is not right now and that's okay because sure. the Lord is coming.
0: Yeah, no, this is good. This is good. So like in the Collect, there's faithfully waiting. And then at the Our Father, there's joyfully waiting. We wait in joyful hope. You yep. know, so there's there's different ways in which we can wait. And maybe that would be an in for, like for me, I struggle with focus. And so for me, that could be a really good, like one line thing to anchor my homily is to think about, the question would be like, what, what kind of waiting is the waiting of the Christian? And yeah, the well, waiting,
1: we don't do it. Alone. I mean, and that's the that's the prayer after communion. Um, we implore your mercy, Lord, that this divine sustenance may cleanse us of our faults and prepare us for the coming feasts.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So we wait with divine sustenance. <laughs> yeah. We wait for the Lord by being given the Lord.
0: Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, I guess one of the things that I was going to connect with that question of what does it mean to wait? Because you, know, you could easily, I think in a homily, ask people to reflect on their own experience of waiting and a time where they had to wait and how awful that experience can be. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, waiting in a, in a doctor's office is not the same kind of waiting as waiting for the birth of your child. There are different kinds right. of waiting. But one right. of them is more akin to Advent and the other one is not. Um, mm, that's a really good distinction. And so what does it mean to wait with joyful expectation? And I think, I think if I were to preach this Sunday, I don't think I'm actually getting a chance to preach this weekend. But if I get a chance to preach, I would probably say my topic would be waiting and what does waiting look like and what kind of waiting and maybe describe the difference between waiting for, you know, a a bureaucrat to see you at a DMV versus waiting for the birth of your child and then ask What kind of waiting is John the Baptist experiencing, Mm. you know? Because he encountered the Christ in the womb, and so he's met the Christ, and he was raised with the Christ. He knows him. He's family. So he's encountered the Lord, like you were saying. He's been given the Lord, and he's able to recognize the Lord, but he still is an expectation, you know? Um, So, like, his waiting is also one of an already but not yet And also a waiting that's actively pointing out the Messiah to those who have not yet seen him. So he's he's involved, you know. Um, I don't know. There's a lot there with John the Baptist you could do too.
1: Yeah. And I mean, even I think there's, I think there really is a lot to be teased out with this idea of how do we wait and looking at our own experiences. Not just with the birth of a child, which is a huge one. But like. Waiting to hear back from the college that you applied to. Yeah. Waiting to hear back from the Society of Jesus that you applied to. Sure. Waiting to hear back from the provincial or from the bishop that you've been approved for ordination.
0: Right. Waiting right.
1: for the day of ordination. Waiting for a marriage. Wait. You know, there's so many ways that we that we patiently, sometimes impatiently, yeah, await and prepare and get ready for.
0: Sure. Um, sure.
1: And then looking at the ways in which you know where we are in the DMV, and mm-hmm. it's like, ugh. Yeah. this is the worst or in the doctor's office that make you wait for an hour and a half.
0: Right. Right.
1: It's like, that's very, very different. But I think a lot of the time, uh, when we think of, you know, waiting for the Lord we, we can only, maybe this is just me. We can only think of that waiting room for Mm -hmm. the
0: doctor or the DMV. Yeah. And it's insufferable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, So I appreciate you mentioning ordination because I'm in my diaconate year. So I'm preparing for doing that. (laughs) You know, So I'm waiting for my ordination in June as we record this. It's it's December, but I have a few more months. And I got to tell you, I had a moment this past week where I was thinking about my summer plans and what I was going to be doing for the summer after I was ordained. And my mind was moving towards like, oh, I should, you know, maybe capitalize on the summer and do some extra studying to get ahead for my degree for the following year but then I had a yeah. moment where I think maybe in conversation with you and with others, I started to realize like, I have been looking forward to, to my ordination <laughs> to the yeah. priesthood since I was 13, you know? And
1: yeah, you need to just be a
0: priest. <laughs> yeah. And like, but that's, there's there's something beautiful in that too, in that I've been waiting for so long and I've, al- I've almost forgotten to be joyful in the waiting. Like, I've right, just right, it's right, right. been so long that it's almost. I've kind of forgotten to be joyful in the waiting. It's cuz it's kind of like, "Oh my god, yeah. finally." It's like I'm almost Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a there's a challenge for me in like in Yeah,
1: well,
0: I, how am I waiting you know, I for think, my own ordination with joy and not just with like, "Well, absolutely. this is due to me now," you know?
1: Right. And I think that's why we've I mean, I think that's why we've got these church seasons. Like that's why we spend an entire month pr- praying for the coming of the Lord. Um even though we have mass every single day, mm-hmm. <laughs> like this happens every single day, so what's so significant about this this one? Well, exactly what you're saying, I think. Sometimes, if it just becomes so routine, then we can forget that. No, we're preparing for the Lord every single day of our lives. Yeah, yeah. But in this time, especially because we need to re- be reminded of how um, of how incredible that is, mm. um, and how joyful that is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I want to go back to one thing that you said about the the closing prayer that I found to be really touching is that When we wait, we don't wait alone. We wait with the Lord for the Lord, you know So yeah, like there's something powerful in that too like John the Baptist isn't the light but he came to, you know, give witness to the one that was to come and he had met the Christ and he knows the Christ so like I don't know for Christians our waiting is hopeful because We already have a taste of that which we're waiting for, you know? Exactly, Um, yeah. um, Yeah, and the strength to wait is the strength of the Lord, you know? Yeah, Um, so that we can say, be strong, fear
1: not. Here is your God.
0: Yeah, yeah. That Isaiah says. Yeah, that's good, that's good. And I think it's also like, that That's an in for us to also think about how Advent is not just preparation for Christmas. It's also preparation for the end of time, because right. when we think about preparation for Christmas, then we have to almost like bracket the nativity and say, like, what would it be like <laughs> yeah. to wait for the birth of Jesus? But yeah. we're not doing that. We've already received him. He's already been born, right. you know, and he's right. been resurrected and he sent us the spirit. Now we're still asked to wait. But what are we waiting for now? Well, we're waiting for him to come again, you know?
1: yeah and you know all these readings with John the Baptist, Jesus is already an adult by the time he's saying all this stuff, yeah,
0: yeah, so
1: we're not even preparing for his birth in the season of advent. Hmm. We're preparing for his coming as Messiah as Lord as, as ca- King, ca- yeah. you know coming on the scene, yeah, yeah, um, so one which the, is interesting yeah. I mean we we pray with the, with the with the birth nativity readings during the liturgy itself of the nativity. But like all of this preparation, we don't really talk about that.
0: Right, right. We're not going to get any nativity readings, I think, until the fourth Sunday of Advent. Yeah. Like any sort of like clearly... Like well,
1: the, we had some today, but... Oh, yeah. for the... Yeah. I mean, I had that yesterday. The conception. Right, right. I had that yesterday.
0: <laughs> I made the point in that reading just for... Just so you know, like I made the point in my homily yesterday that there's a center... The center of the gospel is all about like you will conceive and bear a child. It's like... Since we're preaching on an Advent Sunday, I'm going to focus on those as Advent <laughs> verses, but yeah. for the Immaculate Conception verses, <laughs> let's look at, you know, full of grace and, you know, I'm right, the handmaid right, of the right. Lord. And, um, no, that's good. So pivoting really quick, uh, just for the sake of time, um, the first reading, we haven't really said much there. There's Yeah. Is there anything that stands out to you there that you wanted to maybe think about?
1: I mean... I mentioned to you earlier who Who's Sharon? <laughs> we know a lot about Carmel,
0: the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. Yeah, are there
1: Sharonite <laughs> religious out there?
0: I if, <laughs> along with the Carmelites. Yeah, if if you're one of them, let us know. Reach out to us and tell is us. Is this
1: the Sharon Shriner's? <gasps> is that what that means?
0: I don't know, and maybe you can find out for us because <laughs> I have no idea. Um, what? I'm that guessing, just blew my mind. I'm guessing Sharon is a mountain
1: could be I don't know um (laughs) moving on I think neither here nor there (laughs) yeah uh you know these readings this is the problem with Isaiah is that it's so rich and a lot of this is just like you almost don't know where to start yeah and at the same time like this is the stuff that we hear all the time yeah so it's like how how do we stop from being you know kitschy and just kind of scattered and Mm. all of these things that are coming up and I think the best thing for me, at least, the thing that really s- stands out are those moments of, um, they will bloom with abundant flowers and rejoice with joyful song. You know the glory, the splendor of the Lord. Be strong, fear not. These are these like affirmations that um, that really go along with that. With this idea of being kind of like uh, a lighter day in a in a in a season of of darkness. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, I do. I do see it as being, like, a little respite from the normal preparation. Sure, It's saying you're doing good, keep it up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> one thing I would maybe focus on. Uh, I think that this first line from Isaiah really caught my attention. You know, um, the desert and the parched land will exult. And you're right; like, it's we say it so often, it just becomes kind of meaningless in terms of it doesn't really hit the heart. But if When I stop and kind of reflect on those images of the desert and the parched land, it made me start thinking about, well, if you connect this to the waiting, it's like when we wait and we don't wait with hope and with joy, we become dry. Like we become so dry and cynical, you know, like absolutely like I there's nothing about my waiting at the DMV that I would call, you know, (laughs) filled with life or, you know, refreshing in any way. It's like a yeah. desert experience, you know? There's a yeah. desert and I'm parched while I'm there because it's terrible. It's terrible waiting. So maybe there's an invitation there for an examination, right, of yourself of like, if you're feeling dry, and if you're feeling parched, if you're feeling like you're in a desert, it's like, well, are yeah. you allowing the Lord to work in you and to, you know, to bubble up in you with joy and to bubble up yeah. with, in you with, you know, through the waiting experience of the not knowing? Because I think a mm. lot of times when we wait, and we have the not knowing, we can turn cynical and we can turn dry, you know?
1: Yeah, but don't you think there there's necessarily going to be a difference? Like, I would I would hesitate to say that people need to try and find a way to rejoice in waiting at the DMV in the same way that they rejoice at the waiting of their child.
0: Yeah. That there's gonna be like, different. Those
1: are so different.
0: And they should be. And I don't yeah. And
1: I don't think that you can like I think that may be one of these, you know, you, you trying to exactly what Pope Benedict talks about in his encyclical on hope, like just gritting your teeth and pretending like nothing is wrong. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Like the DMV, I mean, and this may just be a Texas thing because I've, they, I think they are worse there. (laughs) Um, But it's just like, yeah. And it's not even about the people, the crazy people that you meet there. Like sometimes that's the most entertaining part.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I just I, I I hesitate to just say, you know, pray the pray the those feelings away. Yeah, you know, you're you're fooling yourself if you're if you're miserable waiting at the DM. You know, and I'm using this as an example, but any sure, other sure. Well, okay, so
0: so your point is is that we can't force joy, right? Ah, um, <sighs> is that what I'm saying? I don't know. I, well, I, I can't know for you <laughs> what you know. Um, <laughs> you don't know? You I, don't know what I know? I think, I think there might be something true there is that you can't force joy. And so sometimes there's an experience of dryness that you, know, you just can't wish it away and you are yeah. dry. But I guess you know, like, this is some of the spiritual wisdom of, of like St. Ignatius, for example. Like when you're in a state of desolation and you're in a, in a desert kind of experience, you know you can actively work, to you know recall graces recall ways in which the lord has touched your life and find familiar places of grace because you know when you're dry there there could be a remedy and that remedy is to you know seek the lord still and i don't know maybe that's an advent invitation as well Is like yeah if, if i find myself dried out then you know maybe there's just an invitation there for me to to wait and seek the lord you know yeah not you f- know, fake joy. Fake joy is not what we want. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I just thought of another example that may contradict the point that I'm trying to make. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: but I'm all about that, as you know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't remember if I mentioned this to you before, but I, there, I was on a plane one time. And this baby was behind me. He was so unhappy. His ears weren't popping. And it was just, yeah, it was really, really sad. But he was crying, and it was driving me crazy. It was driving me crazy, um, and like I felt myself becoming more and more frustrated and agitated, and as was everybody else, like and the mother especially. My gosh, she must have been mortified. Mm. Anyway, and then I realized, you know, it's so funny that I'm that I get so frustrated and so angry at babies crying on airplanes when it's music to my ears when it happens in church.
0: Mm. Yeah,
1: like what's the difference there? Yeah. And should I bring that joy of hearing babies cry in church onto an airplane?
0: <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the thing about the DMV, right? Like, should you experience the same kind of joy in waiting in the DMV that you do, you know, for the birth of your child? And it's like, well, to a degree, no, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but in kind, maybe so like, yeah, in in terms of you should be a joyful Christian at the dmv and on an airplane right you know maybe you're not exuberant maybe you're not charismatic maybe that's toned down but you should still be a good christian wherever you go and a good christian endures endures long suffering you know that's a grace too you know Mm -hmm, patience mm -hmm. patience is enduring suffering right um anyway so all good things (laughs) all good things a lot there yeah a lot there I think I'm going to try and revisit this before Sunday because I I am finding that I need that time to refocus a little bit. Um,
1: Well, and now I think it's even more important to go back to that second reading from James. Like having said all of that, we've said. Yeah. um, Do not complain, brothers and sisters, about one another.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Like he literally says that.
0: Yeah. Cool, man. Parting thoughts?
1: Uh, Just that. I mean, this is going to be a hard, not just a hard. I think it'll be a fun homily to prepare, but as long as I can focus on that, kind of what we talked about, I think it's going to be a really good um, pr- prayerful experience for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, likewise. Um, good, good. All right, cool, man. Until next time.
1: All righty. All right, dude. See you later.
0: Peace.